Above 180 is now on Stitcher. Listen to us on your iPhone, your Android phone, Kindle Fire, and other devices with Stitcher. Stitcher's smart radio for your phone. Find it in your app store or at Stitcher.com. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us today is former PBA star Tommy Dilutes Jr. Tommy owns and operates the Dilutes Pro Shop and Learning Center located in Harold Lanes in New Hyde Park, New York. Tommy, thanks for joining us today. Good morning. How are you? Uh, doing well, Tommy. I want to begin the interview. Back uh, beginning part or middle part of the year, Joe and myself sat down and, and did a whole series that we titled Ball Drilling for Dummies, which kind of uh, with Mo Pinnell of Mo Rich Enterprises, and, and we talked to Mo about some of the things that bowlers need to know about their equipment, whether that was valve angles and, and pin to PAP and, and uh, dual angle terminology and drilling and such. So just want to get your take on, on some of that stuff and what you think is a key for a bowler and, and what you see from your bowlers, because you're up in the New York City area. You guys have a lot of bowlers up in that area. And want to see what you think about bowlers, what they really need to know uh, when it comes to coming in by you to pick up a new bowling ball. I really, I'll, I'll, I'll argue with Moses. They don't really need to know. Why should they need to know all of that? I don't think, um, for example, Derek Jeter, who I'm a Mets fan, I don't even know why I reference him, is not thinking about the mechanics of hitting from a teaching point of view when he's trying to hit a hit a baseball. You know, that's where there's the trains professional. You get to the point where there's so much information out there, and, and if you don't have a full grasp of it, they're just muddying their own brains to argue with them. You know, to they they may take Mo's philosophy of a fictitious number, you know, a sixty by four by thirty, and they think that's the greatest thing. Just like ten years ago, three and three by three and three was the greatest thing ever, and now we find out over time it's too strong. So it gets to the point where if you don't fully know the concept, they don't customers don't really fully need to know all that. It helps um, quicken the process. Hey, you you put your that little dot on your on your ball, you found your axis. Good. Well, I'm still going to double check it because they may have put that piece of tape on the axis where they see it. Meanwhile, the ball's already migrated, you know, 18 feet. So I start to double check, you know, their work. They're, they're the student. I'm always the teacher. That's and I'd have to argue that and uh, over uh, wine or coffee with Mo. I, I think I'm going to respectfully disagree in that. I've always felt it's good for our customers to have some knowledge of the workings of what you and I do for a living in that you and I just don't put three holes in a ball. You know, we actually have some thought process behind it. Uh, in regards to for the consumer to understand all the intricacies of layouts and weight hole positionings, I, I agree. It's totally unnecessary for them to understand as much as we know 
But I still think a little bit of a knowledge that where if a consumer comes into you knows that you can modify the layout to create an earlier motion, a later motion, a stronger motion down lane, uh, is just a benefit to you and I in that we're kind of showing off our, our expertise to a certain extent. And, and, and let them give us some, let's say, you know, thoughts on their part of what they want. And then obviously it's our job to coordinate it accordingly with whatever terminology we use. It doesn't have to be dual angle. Do you agree? I tend to think you're talking about 5% of bowlers. 95% use the, the stereotype. I want the bowl to go long and, and snap hard. That's what still 95% of the people come in and ask for. And then you kind of go, well, that's not the, the most desired effect. But um, and, and it's somewhere you get your information from. What you know, what camp? Not everybody uses that. The Mo's genius as far as bringing all this stuff together and 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 marketing his product. Not if you notice, the entire industry doesn't use it. All the brands don't use that terminology. Um, it, it's kind of um, his his and and Ipsy is based product. It doesn't always go across the board. So it, it, it really, it, as a, from a pro shop operator, you need, it, it's like the United Nations. You need to speak the, the Storm language, the Brunswick language, the Mowich language, and, and the Kentucky group. It's, it's one, one layout doesn't, or one layout system still doesn't work for every, every company. Just pick up the drill sheets. They don't, they don't all talk the same language. Well, exactly, and I think, Tommy, that's what, what Mo was maybe trying to not replace, but just kind of, you know, add his own language. And, you know, Ebonite has adopted it, as has Brunswick, and arguably those are two of the three top players in bowling when it comes to unit sales. Uh, and, and, again, I, I agree with you, you know, the, the consumer is never going to know as much as you and I would know, but I, I really enjoy it when a customer comes in and says, you know, Joe, my last ball does this for me, and I'd like to know if I can change it in that I want about a two-foot earlier break point because I'm bowling in an oilier pattern and, and just create a little bit smoother motion down lane. Can you do that? And your answer and my answer should be yes. Now, they don't need to know how we're doing it, but at least they know that we can attempt to do it. That's a walk in the park. That's what I mean, and, and it shouldn't just be you and I. Anybody that puts a key in the door should be able to do that. Well, exactly. Uh, or, I'm just or, using you and I as an example. Yeah. Well, let me jump in here, guys, because I'm one of the guys. Like uh, when I come to Joe, when I go to have my my equipment drilled, it, it's this is a learning process for me. And I, I think what we do here on Above 180 is we try to help people to understand that, so that I think we can all walk into the pro shop, the people that listen to our shows and our broadcasts, and say what Joe just said there. Because as someone on the outside, I don't understand all the terminology and someone can throw the numbers that Tommy threw at me and, and a lot of the podcasts that we did with Mo where I had to go back and re-listen to. So I think uh, knowledge is key, but then for me to come in by you guys and be like, well, okay, here's what I want the ball, you know, here's the drilling that I want specifically. And then you guys say, do you really? And then it just ends up being more work for you guys because I'm trying to tell you to do your job when it's what... You know, like Joe said, you've been in the industry for over, you know, 40 some years now. So uh, I think there's a very fine line that people can walk between coming in there with the knowledge and then coming in there and being a know-it-all. I'm having issues hearing it. Um, and and I, a real fast story, I had a, a customer come in um, who 
he wanted a, a symmetrical ball. He had all these angles laid off of an old, old, old black U-dot with axis and all, and he, with his own ruler at home, had dual angles off of his axis how he wanted his how he wanted his new ball. Um, Forty-five minutes later, we got it to go exactly like this. You know, uh, I was because it was off on the protractor, uh, and two degrees here, one degree there, and it it wasn't acceptable to him. And, and forty-five minutes later, this gentleman got his bowling ball done, and it just it, it, I'm thinking this person is just absolutely insane to the point where I can't spend forty-five minutes getting. You know, if he wanted, I can't even remember the exact numbers. If he wanted it. 30 degrees, it might have been like 29 and a half, wasn't acceptable. You know, when the, you throw that bowling ball off your hand and the ball's already migrated, you just lost that degree and a half. You know, I don't have time to do that when I have four customers backed up. This point where knowledge and information does kind of muddle the the, the business model that, that we're trying to pay rent, and it, it, this, it, it gets to the point where people are crazy over it, thinking that this ball won't work because it's, 20 and a quarter degrees as opposed to a, a 30 degree, you know, little angle. It's, it's, it's a little bit too crazy at times. And, and, and if you think about it, the, the gentleman got his, his access point off of a, off of a, a three piece black U-dot, which if you threw, you know, if you threw three piece bowling balls and high energy balls, it does push your access a little bit further. So his access wasn't even right. Um, it, it, that, that gets you frustrated from a business point of view where, there's so much information, and people take it as a gospel, which it's still a concept. It's still a theory. Um, it, it, it still gives us a little bit of, um, of wiggle room for what we do. All right, Tommy. Well, let's move on. I know one of the things you like to do is you're, you're, you're involved in coaching, and you like to coach some of the, the upcoming youth uh, talent that's out there today. What are some of the things that you see when you go and you coach some of these uh, co- collegiate players that that they uh, that they have and they need to work on, or, or really that you know? Do you think they're kind of ahead of the game as far as when you were youth, looking back to when you were bowling and, and when you got started? Oh, it's it's not, it's not even people, the, the bowlers today are are a thousand times better. Bowlers bowl, today are better than professionals were ages ago, simply because. There you go. Now, now, you can, now you can argue that information is good. There's no coincidence that guys like Robert Griffith III come out and and, and luck come out quarterbacks in the NFL and they get it right away. Well, they have all this video. They have all the all this library of information at their fingertips. The same as bowling. You have all of these decades of information out there and and all of these instructors, the IRTC and Kegel and all these individual. Um, instructors with all this information now, and it, it filters down to learn something really upper level stuff. When when I was 23, you had to go on tour. Then you knock your head against a brick wall for five years until you get some of it. Now you just go on go online and, and you could reference some of this, and it, in a positive way. Now that's helpful as far as education. It makes that will make it a little bit easier. Tommy, I, I got another question for you here. I mean. I've always been a fan of you, you know, when you've been on the Pro Tour, and uh, I know you're getting up in years, even though you're not getting near my age, but are there any more tour plans for you, such as uh, any of the Worldwide Tour or any of the other events, or, or do you still, are, are you actively participating? 
I have a, it was actually right around this time four years ago, my right knee blew out in my last tour stop in Baltimore. Um, I had microfracture surgery um, that knocked me out for a, a while. Um, rehabbing my right knee um, in the gym, I hurt my left hip. Once again, I had a, a, another surgery rehabbing that. I tore the cartilage in my left knee. Had microfracture. So I had two microfracture surgeries on on both knees. I don't I don't bowl competitively. I could bowl just as good as I did four years ago for one day. The next day I, I couldn't. Be, I couldn't turn on by two hundred pins and not bowl the next day. So tour plans and traveling and all that other stuff. Um, owns this. I'm a pro shop operator. I I I, I take that pretty seriously and. I, and now I don't have a competitive outlet, so I run my pro shop kind of competitively. So that's you want to find me, come to uh, Harold Lane. Um, you know, I won't be in um, traveling the world trying to be a professional bowler. So, so Tommy, were those injuries, you know, incurred from bowling, uh, the, the the rigors of the PBA tour? Right. Well, I don't know about the PBA tour. I I was an essential practicer. I have I had a lot of games on my body, so I had a um, a hole the size of a dime on my non-weight-bearing bone on my right knee, and uh, finally it just happened to give in the middle of a tournament. And then the other, trying to get ready for, um, I think it was either the first or second World Series of bowling, trying to really get after it in the gym, that's where I hurt my hip. Um, so it was it just kind of favoring the other side. Then rehabbing that, um, just hurt my left knee. So um, I would say one is definitely good to bowling, the other two is just you know, getting hurt in the gym. What are your thoughts on the tour? You know, now we're going to, to the worldwide tour and you have guys over bowling overseas constantly, got some tournaments overseas. Is that the way that the PBA is going to be able to remain solvent years to come in hopes of gaining those worldwide sponsors? Uh, it, it's not, it hasn't worked good in the USA, so they have to change their business model. Um, they're, they're grasping for something that's going to, to stick. You know, they have that one piece of Velcro, they're looking for the other piece to kind of make it whole. Um, if it's if it's international, where the, that's where the tour is going to run to, and to survive, you know, more power to it. I mean, the NFL is looking to get into Europe. Everywhere, everywhere else is looking. To, it's a global market. Why should bowling just stay in the United States for 36 tournaments a year? Where I mean, you, it's not just Mika that's good for overseas. I mean, you got a couple of bowlers from England that won titles. Um, Dubai has been a hot spot. Japan has been a hot spot. Now Korea is a hot spot. Go after it. That's if that's where if, if bowling in the United States isn't as hot as it was in the 80s and 90s. Look for where it is and go to it. That's just a smart business strategy. So Tommy, I got another pro shop question to throw at you. Uh, as over. you know, I do the ball reviews for the Bowlers Journal, and uh, this month we're testing 14 new balls that are going to be uh, in the February issue. Uh, five from our friends at Brunswick. Four from our friends down at Storm. Uh, I believe there's three or four from uh, EBI, which is Ebonite. Uh, what are your thoughts on the multitude of new products coming out? Is it just more confusing, or are they needed or unnecessary? It's it, it's no coincidence. Bowling balls are coming out now. I mean, think about it. It's Christmas. You know, it's it's a it's a prime buying time of the year. Plus, the tour is starting again. Um, the, the second half of the tour, it's it's a, a, a timetable. It's not that there's no coincidence that all the balls are coming out now. It's a, a prime purchasing period where bowling balls need to be released. 
you know, right before the September rush and right around Christmas and the back half of the tour is a, is a perfect time. It's really been since August, September, since uh, a, a big um, number of balls been released. It's time that it's bowling balls are on the, the, the downside of the, the bell-shaped curve as far as sales go. Now it's time to release new product. That's how um, bowling companies have been doing it for a year. They watch the sales, and when the, the sales drop, they release another one. It, it's it's a good it's a perfect time to release bowling balls. Actually, I want I want a new ball or two for people to come in and pro shop and look at. Um, they're tired of looking at the at the product that's been on the wall since August September. Well, Tommy, it was great catching up with you again. Thought it'd be just a good uh, good chat to see how things are going up in, in your area and, and kind of gets your perspective on some of the the uh, issues in bowling these days. So, Tommy, let's uh, keep in touch, and we're going to have to have you back on again. Okay? You got it. Take care, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Thanks, Tommy.